Hey fellow travelers, welcome to the show. I hope that you're all having an amazing day. If you're a new listener, please subscribe and like us on Facebook. I also have a YouTube channel for any newbie drivers come just coming into the industry. And that channel is called Julia's Truck and Cafe How To Channel. There I talk about a variety of topics from cooking in your truck to what to carry in your truck. The video for that is coming soon. You can also find this podcast on YouTube as well under Julia's Truck and Cafe Truck and News Hour. So sit back and enjoy the ride. We have lots of news to get to. As always, I have lots of news to get to, so let's get right to it. Off-duty cop who died after crashing into a big rig had blood alcohol content three times the legal limit. An off-duty police officer who died after colliding with a semi-truck is found out to have a blood alcohol content three times the legal limit for driving, according to Milwaukee County Medical Examiner's Office. The Milwaukee County Medical Examiner released a toxicology report of the death of 30-year-old Milwaukee Police Department Officer James Novak, or Nowak. The report stated that his blood alcohol blood alcohol content was 0.241, three times the legal limit of 0.08 at the time that the crash occurred. The crash involving Nowak occurred around 10.30 p.m. in Oak Creek, Wisconsin, back in December. Police say Nowak was southbound on South Pennsylvania Avenue. A semi-truck driver was also headed the same direction ahead of Nowak's vehicle when the truck driver attempted a U-turn. Novak's vehicle struck the trailer. The truck driver and passenger were not hurt in the crash. Police say both people may were stayed on the scene and cooperated with the investigation. And this next story, Oklahoma State Patrol releases a video that shows an Oklahoma trooper struggling with a truck driver before a fatal officer-involved shooting near Stroud, Oklahoma. They released dash cam video that shows moments leading up to a fatal officer-involved shooting on the Turner Turnpike back in September. The video was captured during a traffic stop that began around 8.30 in the morning on eastbound Turner Turnpike at mile marker 183 near Stroud, Oklahoma. An Oklahoma Highway Patrol trooper conducted a traffic stop on a semi-truck driven by Alejandro Fuedo. Local news reports that the trooper suspected criminal activity and placed Fuedo out of service. Trooper then requested assistance from a canine unit. While waiting for the unit, the trooper asked permission to search the truck, but Foyto reportedly refused. Upon learning that a canine unit was en route, police say Foyto fled from the trooper's cruiser, tried to get back into the cab of his truck. Quote, a physical struggle ensued on the roadside and continued into the cab of the truck. The driver attempted to drive away with the trooper still engaged in a physical confrontation with him. At about 8.35, the trooper advised communication center shots had been fired. Ohio Highway Patrol say the trooper and Foyto were fighting in the cab for control of the vehicle, and the trooper saw Foyto reaching for the driver's side door pocket. The trooper said he fired because he feared that Foyto was reaching for a weapon as the truck started to move. Foyto, the, uh, dry, uh, the truck driver, died at the scene 
Oklahoma authorities said they do not plan to file charges against the trooper involving this shooting. And next, fog is a factor in waiting for the story to appear. And a 35-vehicle pileup uh, killed two on a California interstate. Officials are investigating a 35-vehicle pileup that killed two people in Kern County, California. Crash occurred around 7.30 in the morning. And a lot of this news is back in January, but as I explained in my videos, that I was having to redo all of the video version of the show. And that's what has been taking me so long because this is a one-woman show. I don't have any big production team or anything helping me out. And there was a lot, back to the article, there was a lot of dense fog west of Bakersfield. Police say 17 passenger vehicles and 18 semis collided on southbound I-5. 35 total vehicles were involved. Two people died in the crash. Nine others suffered minor to moderate injuries. All the witnesses have fog visibility at approximately 100 feet at the time, so there was heavy fog at the time of the collision, says California Highway Patrol. Jim Calhoun with the Kern County Fire Department uh, told the local news that visibility was as low as 10 feet when firefighters responded to the chaotic crash scene. Southbound I-5 was closed for most of the day on Saturday. And then later on that day, after everything cleared up, then they reopened it. And in this next story, Love's celebrates opening first store 60 years ago. They celebrated this back on the 8th of January, I believe. Yes. Back in 1964. Love says they were proud to be the only major travel, travel stop chain that remains family-owned and operated. Today, Love's operates 637 locations in 42 states and employs 40,000 workers in North America and Europe. Tom Love said it best, yesterday's trophies don't win tomorrow's games, and even after six decades, we still live by that motto, constantly innovating and improving, said Shane Wharton, president of Love's. The secret formula behind the company's success is our employees and how they model the core values Love's was built on and sustain a legacy of driving for excellence. No, they turn around and sell crap. They are, I'm sorry, I don't like Love's at all, uh, my opinion. And they sell crap to, and it's a tourist trap anymore. They're not for truckers. And now they are even doing RV uh, campgrounds. It's great, you know, that they have a pet area. That's fine. Uh, showers are, yeah, they're okay. I mean, you're big. You can roll a wheelchair into them. Um, but as far as who's going to wash their windshields with muddy water, 
they put two drops of windshield washer fluid into a bucket of a five-gallon bucket of water and after two or three trucks wash their windshields all full of salt and dirt and everything else you have muddy water you can't clean your windows with that garbage come on loves get off the money and and let's start doing uh some decent windshield washer fluid also tire pass how do you get a tire pass nobody knows the answer i digress on to the next story in this story have you ever asked yourself as a driver what is driver coercion and how do you protect yourself against it Many members of the trucking industry experience driver coercion, so it's important to know what it is and what you can do to protect yourself and your career. So what actually is driver coercion? The FMCSA, Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, defines driver coercion as when, quote, a motor carrier, shipper, receiver, or transportation intermediary, which means a broker, threatens to withhold work from take employment action against or punish a driver for refusing to operate in violation of certain provisions of the FMCSA regulations, hazardous materials regulations, and the FMCCRs, or Federal Motor Carrier Commercial Regulations. So there's safety regulation and then there's commercial carrier regulations. Coercion may be found to have taken place even if a violation has not occurred. An example of coercion is when a motor carrier terminates a driver for refusing to accept a load that would require the driver to violate the hours of service requirements. Is driver coercion unlawful? Yes. Since 2016, the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration has rules specifically in place to protect drivers from coercion. This is called prohibiting coercion of commercial motor vehicle drivers, or the coercion rule. This rule explicitly prohibits motor carriers, shippers, receivers, and let's say brokers from coercing drivers to operate in violation of the regulations or the laws, including the driver's hours of service. So don't push, trying to push you to take the load when you don't have enough time to run the load. A commercial driver license regulation, CDL regulations, and the drug and alcohol testing rules, hazmat regulations, and there again, federal motor commercial carrier regulations. This rule also allows drivers to report incidents of coercion to the FMCSA and authorizes them to issue penalties against the carriers, the shippers, the receivers, and let's say brokers that have coerced the drivers. So there's three parts to a driver coercion. Three events must take place for an event to be considered driver coercion according to FMCSA. A, a carrier, shipper, receiver, or let's say broker request a driver to perform a task that would result in the driver violating certain rules. The driver tells the carrier, shipper, receiver, broker of the violation saying, look, I can't take this load. I've got to be out of hours. And 
that if the task is performed, such as driving over the hours of service, like I just said, or creating unsafe driving conditions. And then three, the shipper, receiver, or the motor carrier and broker may threaten or take action against the driver's employment or work opportunities to get the driver to take the load despite the regulatory violation that would occur. In other words, telling them, you know, you don't take the load or else kind of thing. So what can a driver do if he's he or she has experienced coercion? You can make a complaint to the FMCSA under the 2016 coercion rule. This must be filed within 90 days of this coercion taking place. When you file your complaint, you give as much supporting information as you have. Text messages, email exchanges between the parties, um, showing the coercion attempts, you know, what did they say, he said, he, she said, whatever, and the names of anyone who may have witnessed the coercion, you know, anybody else, any other drivers standing there or whatever. All these complaints must be in writing and can be mailed to the division office located in the state where the complainant is employed or filed with the National Consumer Complaint Database. You will also file a whistleblower complaint with OSHA. Drivers have the right to question the safety practices of their employer without the risk of losing their job, being subject to retaliation for stating a safety concern. The OSHA whistleblower statutes protects drivers from retaliation. Victims of sexual assault in the workplace. Now, this could be driver trainee and driver trainer. Can also be sexual harassment. Women, girls, you're out here training. Ladies, you're out here training. Your trainer makes a move on you. You feel very uncomfortable. Ward them off as best you can. When you get to a truck stop, grab your phone, get into a restroom, make a call to the company. If the company says, ah, you don't know what you're talking about, he's just a big flirt, then you turn around and you go to uh, get on a website somehow, on your phone or whatever. The U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission is a federal agency and you could file sexual harassment through them if the company won't believe you. Uh, and demand, ladies and men, may happen to new men drivers out there too. If you don't feel comfortable, ask for another trainer. Demand to get out of the truck and ask for another trainer. So on to our next story. A truck driver is killed after failing to yield in, to Union Pacific Railroad in Idaho. And his truck ended up being a mangled mess. This occurred December 29th around 2.30 in the afternoon at a railroad crossing located at Yale Road and Mindicoa Avenue in Blaine County, Idaho. I may be butchering that name, sorry. Officials say that a 46-year-old man was operating a 2015 white Freightliner semi-truck owned by Three String Cattle Company 
southbound on Yale Road. The truck driver failed to yield to an eastbound Union Pacific train. Both the truck driver and the 48-year-old female dry, uh, passenger were ejected in the crash. Neither of them was wearing a seatbelt. The driver and passenger were taken to a hospital in Pocatello, Idaho, with life-threatening injuries. The truck driver later died from the injuries. The female passenger was listed in critical condition. And the Blaine County Sheriff's Office thanked everybody for helping them out on this accident. Now, it was a bull wagon, but it didn't show the trailer on the photos. So I'm not sure if he was had a load of cattle or not. Unsure. Didn't say anything, mentioned anything in the article either. And this is our top story. I know I'm getting into it kind of early. But a trucker was found dead, if you did not hear, in the cab of his truck from a gunshot wound near Nashville. Loves. Homicide detectives are investigating after a truck driver was found dead in the cab of his vehicle near a Nashville truck stop. This happened January 8th. 37-year-old North Carolina-based truck driver David White was found dead in the cab of his truck parked on Lucas Lane adjacent to Loves in East Nashville. The local news reports that White was found unresponsive in the cab by a truck stop employee after his company was unable to make contact and asked for a welfare check. Police say that White was last seen buying food at the Loves truck stop around 7.30 in the evening, Sunday, January 7th. Metro Nashville Police Department says the homicide detectives are investigating the shooting. Anyone with information is asked to call Nashville Crime Stoppers, 615-742-7463. A $5,000 cash reward may be available. Now, as I get details of this shooting, I will be letting you all know. I will be reporting on it. And our next story, starting... January in a small uh, the 15th of January Liverpool New York if you're caught on going through there you will be facing a fine starting at $1,200 depending upon the weight of your truck they built a new Amazon close to this town and they have now banned commercial vehicles from driving through their town From the village of Liverpool, the, the town code. All trucks, tractors, tractor, trailer combinations having a total gross weight in excess of five tons are hereby excluded from all streets, roads, and highways in the village of Liverpool, except that this exclusion shall not be construed to prevent the local delivery or pickup of merchandise or other property in the village, along the streets, roads, and highways from which such vehicles and combinations are excluded. So in other words, local deliveries are okay. Fines for a violation increase as the weight of the truck increases, starting at $1,200 for a truck between 5 and 7.5 tons, and going all the way up to $4,700 for a truck weighing 22.5 tons or more. 
town is currently putting up at least two dozen signs ahead of that enforcement period, which I'm sure they're up now. So stay the heck out of Liverpool, New York. Long story short. An Iowa State Patrol catches a trucker with an oversized load on a snow-covered road. Iowa State Patrol unit reminding truckers that transporting, transporting, excuse me, an oversized load on snow or ice-covered roads is not permitted in Iowa. Social media posts shared photos of an apparent oversized load caught traveling during winter weather, along with a warning. Iowa state law requires that a load moved under a permit, such as oversized load, shall be made only when roads are clear of ice and snow and visibility is at least a quarter of a mile. Iowa was experiencing a major winter storm during that time, resulting in hazardous travel conditions throughout the state. So the dumb bunny tried to sneak through and got busted. And a, let's see, a robotics company, Kodiak, debuted an autonomous semi-truck that they say is an industry-first driverless-ready vehicle designed for widespread commercial deployment. Kodiak debuted the sixth-generation self-driving truck on the 9th of January ahead of its appearance at the 2024 Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas. Company says that this is the version of the truck that will be used for company's driverless operations between Dallas and Houston. With the pieces in place, this is the year we go driverless, Kodiak said. They also say that the truck debuted on Tuesday is the product of five years of real-world testing that includes 5,000 loads carried over 2.5 million miles. Kodiak driver, Kodiak's vehicle ignite agnostic self-driving system including its redundant driverless ready hardware platform is designed to be safer than a human driver bullshit kodiak plans to roll out its sixth generation truck to multiple vehicle types sixth generation truck features twice the gpu processor cores 1.6 times greater processing speed three times more memory two and three quarter times greater bandwidth to run software processes compared to Kodiak's first generation truck. With this launch, Kodiak's driverless truck design is now feature complete across both hardware and software, says the company. So this is quite a lengthy article. If you want to um, know more about it, go just look it up on cdllife.com back around January. Don't want to bore you with all the details. But anyway, they're still trying to put out a driverless truck on the highway. So, any of you that run up and down Interstate 65 in Tennessee knows that the Tennessean that burned to the ground a couple of years ago is now reopened. And it has a lot of cool features to it. Tennessee has been closed since July of 2021 from an early morning fire that causes a ceiling over the restaurant of the truck stop to collapse. Uh, the fire was started when a worker turned on a broiler and no one was hurt. And then um, 
in 2022, there was an update that I did. Did I do? I think I did. Um, that the rebuilt store would feature new amenities, including a full-service cocktail bar, an ice cream shop with donuts and coffee, a quick-service deli with pizza, wings, and sandwiches, and the barbecue restaurant will also reopen with the same recipes but expand seating and a rooftop deck near the second floor. Um, Tennessee Truck Stop has been in business since 1974. And in this story, truckers rank their favorite truck stop, independent and chain truck stops for 2023. Trucker Path recently released their yearly ranking of the top independent and chain truck stops. Larry's saying 2024, but I'm thinking it's 2023. To create the annual top truck stop rankings, Trucker Path gathered over 34 excuse me, million in-app ratings and reviews for independent and chain truck stops over the past 12 months. Yeah, so that would be over for 2023. So the top five overall truck stops are fifth place, Burt's Travel Plaza, Wellsville, Kansas. Fourth place, Compass Travel Center, DeMont, Indiana. Third place, Workman's Travel Center, Ozark, Arkansas. Second place, Discount Truck Parking, Pompano Beach, Florida. And first place, drum roll please. Quick Star number 1071 in Davenport, Iowa. Now for independent truck stops, fifth place goes to Stones Truck Stop, Watertown, South Dakota. Fourth place, Burt's Travel Plaza, Wellsville, Kansas. Third place, Compass Travel Center, DeMont, Indiana. Second place, Workman's Travel Center, Ozark, Arkansas. And first place, drum roll please. Discount Truck Parking, Pompano Beach, Florida. For the chain truck stops, fifth place is Love's Travel Stop, Angleton, Texas. Fourth place, TA Ozarks, Mount Vernon, Missouri. Third place is Quick Trip, number 1048, West Salem, Wisconsin. Second place, Quick Trip, number 202, Plover, Wisconsin. Woohoo! Been to that one. And first place, Quick Star, number 1071, Davidport, Iowa. Forgot the drum roll, sorry. So Davenport, Iowa says, and I quote, we are humbled and grateful to be voted the number one truck stop in the nation for the second year in a row, says Kathleen Ball, the store leader. Our team is committed to providing the best possible experience for all of our guests. We will continue to work hard to give our drivers the best guest service that they rely on. Thank you for letting us serve you and see you next time. Chris Oliver says being named the list of top truck stops means that they are the best of the best. Who is the CMO at Trucker Path? In addition to the 2024 winners, there are 11 locations that pulled off a hat trick and have ranked in the top 100 for three consecutive years. With over 12,000 truck stops and roughly 11,000 additional fueling locations on Trucker Path app, this is a huge accomplishment and those facilities should be exceptionally proud. Providing this recognition and highlighting these top truck stops is part of our mission to help make truckers' lives on the road easier and more comfortable. Yada, 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 yada. 
So up next in this story, a witness finds a trucker that's crushed beneath a loaded trailer at a Florida trucking company. A witness found a trucker crushed beneath the loaded trailer at a Florida trucking company. This happened January 9th on a Tuesday. According to local news, officers were called to the scene after someone found the driver underneath the trailer. He was dead by the time the paramedics arrived. Uh, Jacksonville Sheriff's Office says it appears that the driver was heading out with a fully loaded trailer when the rig experienced some sort of issue. The driver stopped the truck and was working alone underneath the rig when the trailer slipped, crushing him beneath it. Sometime later, the driver was found underneath the trailer by a witness. The man had not been publicly identified, but is believed to be in his 30s or 40s. So whoever you are that I can't, I don't know the name as of this recording, I send condolences to the families. So there's a new thing out that I'm just learning about because I've been out of the news for the last little while. And it's called Truck Parking Club. Besides having reserve parking at TAs, this Truck Parking Club is now getting reserve parking like in a whole bunch of different places. So it's kind of cool. Well, they're looking for property owners with unused space that want to like rent out their parking lots or something like that and hook up with this truck parking club. Truck Parking Club, a marketplace with 220 locations across the U.S., is dedicated to helping truckers save time and fuel by efficiently finding and reserving truck parking. Having provided reliable parking for thousands of drivers in 2023, Truck Parking Club has executed an innovative solution to the nationwide truck parking shortage. Truck Parking Club is actively seeking businesses and property owners with extra space suitable for truck parking across the U.S. So I'm not going to go into this because it is an ad. I kind of did it on the video side, um, not realizing at that time it was an ad. So, but if you want to um, use this service, I believe they have the app. It's just Truck Parking Club. I will look into it and then I'll be able to give a review. And up next, a bill seeks to ban self-driving semis without a human on board from New York roadways. A bill recently introduced in the New York State Senate would ban self-driving semis without a human on board from operating on the public roadways throughout New York State. The bill would require a qualified human operator to be on board any autonomous vehicle weighing 10,000 pounds or more on New York State roads. Quote, the integral role of the trucking industry is our, in our lives means we have to be proactive and vigilant about public safety and job security when it comes to technological innovations like autonomous operating vehicles, said the senator. My bill simply requires autonomous vehicles weighing 10,000 pounds or more to have a licensed driver behind the wheel. This common sense measure will ensure greater protection for residents and property while providing job security for over 270,000 New Yorkers. And a trailer held together by straps stopped 
by police after sliding off a roadway and then he strapped it all together and kept on going. Truck driver was cited for operating a trailer held together by straps after an accident that sent it sliding off the roadway. Yeah, it looks like it's filled with sacks of something on pallets that I usually haul. Traffic stop occurred on January 9th in, in Ontario, Canada on Highway 17. According to Ontario Provincial Police, received numerous calls reporting a heavily damaged truck traveling on Highway 17 East, and they responded to the call. They were able to locate and stop the damaged truck and determine the driver had slid sideways and hit a rock cut on Highway 17 somewhere between Wawa and Sault Ste. Marie. The 50-year-old driver had not reported the accident to police and instead stopped his trailer strapped his trailer together and kept on going i mean he yeah he's got a hole in the corner of it uh tore the door opened you know the whole corner of the back corner of the trailer on the left hand side is just completely tore open uh driver was charged with driving a commercial vehicle with a major defect in it in insecure load and failure to report a motor vehicle accident vehicle was removed from the roadway and taken to a parking lot so there you go can't be in a wreck and don't report it and then try to strap it together and keep on going and in this next story a trucker ticketed after fatally striking a fellow truck driver on foot on the new york state thruway New York State Police say that a trucker was ticketed after fatally striking a fellow truck driver who was standing outside of his vehicle on the thruway. This happened January 10th on I-87 between Newburgh and Harriman, exit 17 and 16. Troopers say that 42-year-old New Jersey resident Jose L. Pano was standing outside of his Volvo Bobtail tractor on the right shoulder of southbound I-87 at mile marker 47.2. He is it clear why he was on foot outside of the truck, they say. And Albany resident Sean M. Haley was operating a Peterbilt, also southbound, when he sideswiped the Volvo and struck Pano. Pano suffered fatal injuries and he died at the scene. Haley was transported to a hospital for treatment of non-life-threatening injuries. He must have really nailed him. You know, they say sideswipe, but, you know, how can he hit a driver? And, you know, if he, unless he was standing out on the driver's side, which, you know, who knows? Who knows why he was there? And next up, a 21-year-old trucker is arrested for a DUI in a fatal head-on collision. Police say a 21-year-old trucker arrested for DUI was responsible for a head-on crash in Florida. According to the local news, the, dry, the truck driver was heading south on Spirit Lake Road when his rig crossed the center line and struck a Hyundai driven by 27-year-old Chelsea Darwin head-on. Darwin was killed in the collision. Uh, the truck driver was not hurt, Ramirez, during the initial investigation. Officers issued a, him a sobriety test, which led to his arrest. Witness reportedly saw Ramirez throwing objects out of the cab of his truck prior to the crash. Deputies also discovered four empty beer cans near the crash site. He was arrested, charged with DUI, manslaughter, and tampering with evidence. Locked him up.
and Cummins is to recall 600,000 vehicles in emissions defect defeat device scandal. Penalties rise to largest ever, $2 billion. On the January 10th, California Air Resources Board, CARB, shared new information on the Cummins settlement over accusations that the company allegedly installed defeat devices. Now, this isn't on semi-trucks. This is on Dodge Ram pickup truck engines between the years 2013 and 2019. So I'm not really going to go into that. But, yeah, they're up to $2 billion and 600,000 pickup trucks have to be recalled. Lovely. And last but not least, a yard jockey was trapped by a shipping container that toppled over on top of him by strong winds at the Port of Savannah. A yard jockey, for those of you that aren't in the trucking industry, is a small kind of truck. It's only one axle in the back and one axle in the front. They use it to shuttle trailers around. There, you know, businesses use it to shuttle trailers around. This happened at a port, uh, so it was a shipping container. They stack them up three, four, five high, depending upon how big the containers are. And the one on the top toppled over from strong winds, and his yard jockey just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Could you imagine him crapping his pants when he's seeing this ginormous container? about to fall on him and he couldn't do anything about it couldn't get out of the way fast enough I'm like yes but the driver was pulled out by the local fire department and he only sustained minor injuries so that shag driver is just fine Julia's Truck and Cafe is a trademark brand. Julia's Truck and Cafe podcast is ranked in the top 10% of 3 million active podcasts worldwide. Any and all images used on this show are shared under the Fair Use Act, and no copyright infringement is intended, expected, or will be litigated. We thank you for joining us this week. We hope that you have a safe and prosperous week. Please keep the shiny side up. Until next time.